is Pretty Little Grown Men. We are back. We just watched episode nine, season five. Season five, uh, which we just discovered is called March of Crimes. March of Crimes. (laughs) Uh, We're we're your hosts. I am David Greenwald. And I'm Dom Sinicola. And you are listening to the only male-run Pretty Little Liars podcast that isn't the other dude Pretty Little Liars podcast that is ahead of us on iTunes, so you should retract your star ratings from them yeah. and give them to us. Yeah, uh, give us your time. We don't we do not do straight-up recaps. We do really in-depth discussions um, that are very intelligent and full of insight <laughs> and masculinity. Yes. And I would say full of beards, except Dave just... Uh, just shaved off his beard. I was inspired by the constant male changing haircuts on Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> yeah. And I felt like I couldn't go through this whole season without doing something myself. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling you. I, I feel like I might need to get rid of my beard. It's becoming quite, un, quite unruly. It's it's summer, yeah. It's yeah. heating up. And speaking of heating up, <laughs> yeah. in, a, in the worst transition in <laughs> podcast history, um, this episode, I know we say this every week, but this episode was batshit crazy. Super bonkers, um, yeah. It was it was really intense. Uh, I f- I felt like we're I feel like we're getting to a precipice. Like the liars are staring into the abyss, right? And they aren't they aren't taking shit anymore. Well, we were saying last week that the show you know has sort of caught up with the age of the characters and the mm-hmm. viewers and become more mature, more suspense thrillery, more R rated. Yeah. And this episode I felt like was very much like that. You have characters really reaching the breaking point. The liars, three of the four liars, really standing, well, four of four, really standing up for themselves, three in a very dramatic, intense way. Yeah. And there were some big revelations with, with the A-team, or at least the somebody team. Right. Um, yeah. And something I was thinking about was that, and not to jump too far ahead, but that's what we do anyway, Um is uh so we we saw we finally saw we saw some characters we haven't seen in some time yes that's um, true um we saw Noel Khan, mm-hmm. uh who in 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 a moment of desperation called spencer a bitch yeah i'm telling you man <laughs> r-rated I know. our little babies all grows up <laughs> yeah <laughs> well so let's get into why Noel Khan was there. Mm-hmm. So the episode opens um, in the wake of Hannah's home being broken into by Noel Khan mm-hmm. under the direction of Allie. Right. So Allie is in the in in Hannah's bedroom with Spencer and Emily, you know, arguably the two strongest, uh, most confident characters at this point mm-hmm. in the game. Right. Um, who are confronting her and Spencer is like, you're crazy. What are you doing? This is ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, Which is great. It's great to see. So she stands up to Allie, which I really like. Mm -hmm. And Allie's just like, I don't know you guys. I don't know what to do. (laughs) Like, what? Well, Allie was like, what did you expect me to do? The funny thing is that she's she's like, this is this is all part of like my plan is basically like a last resort kind of plan. Uh And then you're just like, well. None of, the, none of the liars are like, well, then, Allie, what, like, what exactly is your plan? Is your plan to be safe in Rosewood um, by manipulating everybody around you into believing this ludicrous story? Right. Like, what is, what is your end game here? Right. 
Well, I mean, the end game is that she's 17, and she doesn't know, <laughs> she's in over her head, and does not oh, know God, what yes. she's doing, which is, you know, I mean, sort of the basis of the show, of her being 15, and blackmailing grown-ups, and mm-hmm. being over her head. Yeah. Uh, but at least now, her friends are being like, yo, this is some really stupid decision-making, and we don't know if we want to be part of this. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, exactly. It's sort of... This episode in particular is really striking because it is this, like, weird, perfect storm of 15-year-old mentality clashing with these girls who are 17, 18 years old now. Sure. Who are finally realizing, like, oh, this is real life, and this is not how it works. Right. And I think there is some, you know, I think, and maybe the show is not doing this purposefully, but it feels like, although we're not really seeing them think about college and so on like we have in previous seasons... They're, they're coming out of a bubble a little bit, and they're just mm-hmm. like, this is ridiculous. Like, we can't live our lives like this. Like, why even do this? And I think having everything centered on Allison as the draw, the magnet of all the trouble anyway, is making yeah. them be like, this person is just bringing all this stuff upon herself. It has nothing to do with us. Yeah. Like, why are we along for this ride? Mm-hmm. And we see it later in the episode when Hannah, who's already against, you know, feeling that... Um, Allison confronts her at school and's like, "What's happening? Our group is breaking up." And Hannah's just like, "I don't have time for this. I, yo, I got other, I got other shit to do today." Yeah, I need, I need to go refill my flask. <laughs> but I, you know, I think that um, what what the what we're probably going to see as we draw closer to the the mid season finale, the fatal finale. The yeah. The, the fatal finale hashtag, will hashtag fatal finale <laughs> will will a liar die? Is that and we and yeah in the previews for the fatal finale, um, the liars are basically just like whoa, Allie. Actually, the the phrase that Spencer uses in this episode, which is that Allie is going rogue, right, <laughs> right, is, is is that they're they're basically going to be like, what the fuck are we doing? We need to cut Allie loose. Right. She's dragging us down with her. Um, this is going to end, end badly. Like, let's let her, like, self-destruct. Also, remember how before all this shit happened, how terrible of a person Allie was. Right. And she's just sort of that, only two years older now. Right. Right, exactly. Well, so let's talk about some of the revelations of this episode, which, yeah. you know, the show, sometimes there's some detective work, and there's really, like putting the pieces together, and mm-hmm. Spencer on Adderall for three days, you know, and a lot of effort goes into it. And then sometimes they just get handed some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what happened in this episode, where we see Emily just wandering around school, or wandering, you know, out on the street, and sees Nolcon mm-hmm. in his car with his, like, very expensive field recorder, for some reason, <laughs> yeah. uh, listening to this recording, and it seems to be somebody talking about Shauna. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that these kids have such, they're 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 rich kids. Sure. So they have such expensive spy equipment. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. It's great. It's much better than you know, back in Harriet the Spy when they just had like notepads. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He had like that like expensive like like Tascam recorder or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a couple hundred bucks. I know, right? It, I mean, unless he's like you know. Going out and do, you know tracking his acoustic guitar playing out in the quad. <laughs> I'm not really sure what he needs that for. It looks like an EKG detector. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
what is it? What is it? What is that? The, the, the from the Ghostbusters that they have? Oh yeah. Yeah, like the detects like ectoplasm. Sure. Yeah. No, low con Ghostbuster. Yeah. Well, in Ghostbusters, then in the in the all female Ghostbusters reboot, maybe they yeah. can, maybe they can cast some of these pretty little liars. Who would be? I would actually love to see them as a Ghostbusters team. Just oh, all the same characters. Yeah. How amazing would that be? Also, if if Noel Khan is going to be a Ghostbuster, he should really hook up with Caleb and um, help Caleb get through his ghost issues. That's true. Which we did learn. A, we learned a little bit more about what Caleb is going through this episode. He's opened up. I I really like that this episode. He's opened up as a character because he's been so one note. Sure. Since he's returned. To well, Rome. so that's another confrontation. Mm-hmm. Spencer confronts Allie. And then she confronts Caleb after mm-hmm. seeing Hannah, you know, keep sipping on her flask, yeah. descending into alcoholism mm-hmm. to escape from this insanity. And so Spencer goes over to, to Caleb's, like, frat cabin, basically, <laughs> and it's like, bro, you need to, like, bathe yourself and vacuum and, <laughs> and clean your dishes, please. But also, you are turning Hannah into an alcoholic, and we're in this, like, fucked situation, and mm-hmm. you need to get it together. Right. And he's like, you don't know what happened to me. I need to take a shower. Get out. Yeah. But you know what? He needed a wake-up call, and we see him, like, thinking about it, going like, all right, well, mm-hmm. maybe this is time. Yeah. Do you think that, um, and, and also this episode, we saw the uh, relatively quick resolution of the Zach drama in which um, Arya's mom, Ella, her... Uh, fiance was hitting on Hannah. We learned that it was A who, who according to Hannah, stoked the flames. And then, well, let's let's examine that because this show is very quick to jump to conclusions and present something that, to me, is ambiguous. Mm-hmm. As well, clearly this came from A, which is that he pulls this message out of his pocket and it says, "Sorry, I was shy before. I'll make it up to you, yeah. Hannah." And Caleb looks at it and he's like, that's not her handwriting. Mm-hmm. And so where and Zach's is this like, so guy... this is a girl's handwriting, obviously. Well, so the question to me is, did A hand him this thing, which is why he got into the car with her and was like, oh, hey. Yeah. Or did he write it himself? I kind of like felt like he wrote pro- it himself. That was my sense. Yeah. Was that this was like this weird protection if he ran to Hannah's boyfriend or something. Or like somebody, yeah. Which would be, I don't know, the fact that he would like hang on to it in any... If he was given right. it, like, yeah. why would you keep... You're, like, going to your, like, engagement party, your, like, wedding party. Like, mm-hmm. why would you have that in your pocket? Right. It's so weird. Well, even regardless of the fact that uh, whether he wrote it or not, like, I, I did I did appreciate the fact that, like, the relationship is obviously over. Because whether or not he was given that note... Sure. It's, he's still, obviously, a terrible person. Right. You know? And I really liked that the show showed us this example of Hannah feeling shamed for mm-hmm. something that she didn't do, mm-hmm. which is the position that so many victims are put in. Yeah. And Caleb says, no, this guy should be embarrassed. Yeah. And then he goes and, and punches him in the face. <laughs> yeah. And he has this big, dumb smile on his face. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, punch that guy. <laughs> Fuck great. So I, you know, I appreciated the way the show set up the defense of Hannah mm. and had Caleb actually do something good, even if it was self-serving a little bit because Caleb... Clearly wanted to punch someone in the face. <laughs> yeah, he needed to get out some aggression. I did, I did appreciate that fact, actually, when uh, Hannah's like, 
Well, even though he's the one who's in the wrong, why do I feel so terrible? And Caleb's just like, <laughs> yeah, no answer. Right. Well, I mean, you know, Caleb's not going to be like, well, let me go on <laughs> feministing.com and, and read you this blog post that really addresses these issues. <laughs> you know, but I, I think he does his best to be a, be a white knight and to tell her it's not her fault. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah, so we see Nolkan, and we see, uh, then to add to the drama of Arya's mom, we see Chad Lowe emerge from the shadows. Yeah, Chad Lowe returns, and he's like, he gives this, really the most ridiculous dialogue, I think, that I've ever seen in a Pretty Little Liars episode. It was, it was, it was supposed to be a compliment, but I don't really understand what he was saying. Well, it's like this whole metaphorical thing of like... Yeah. When we first got together, we were living in a small apartment, and you made it so big with your love, and you were pregnant already, and we were so young and poor, and this guy, if he doesn't realize that you make the world feel big and yeah. warm, whatever, he You make the small world feel big. Yeah. And it's like, uh, no, this is a pretty big world. I don't know. Like, I, it was, yeah. I don't know. It was just the a, world to feel bigger than it already feels? It was just, you know, and this guy's, I don't know, he's supposed to be a teacher, like, he's supposed to be, like, a man of letters, I guess. <laughs> well, then... You know, it, it just... It was just, like, a very strange... It felt really dialogue It mm-hmm. felt like, here is something that you would read in a high school play. Yeah. It felt like something Arya would write if she were writing a short story. Right. So that was a weird... That was a weird... <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, me. okay, now that I've said this to you, I'm going to go leave. I'm going to go to another conference for another ten episodes. Right, yeah. Now I'm going to peace out for another year of the show <laughs> and only direct episodes for some <laughs> yeah. reason. <laughs> so that's cool. He's doing a good job. Directed by Ari's dad. Yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that the show will ever go as far as having Arya's parents reconnect? I think this episode gives them the opportunity mm-hmm. to do that. Um, what would that serve? I guess it would sort of be like, what would what would that serve? Well, I think it would give some. You know, all of the characters at this point, Emily's parents are together. All of the other characters' parents have dealt with divorce, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even including Alice's parents. So I think there's maybe the the fantasy element or the wish fulfillment element of like, well, maybe my parent, maybe one of the parents could just get back together and everything could be okay again. Yeah, you know, because the show really shows them struggling with their with their divorce, mm-hmm. you know, and that was really the divorce that got played out the most on the show. Yeah, everyone else's. Spencer's parents is this season. Um, Hannah's parents happened before, mm-hmm. you know. But there's been, I mean, it's really been a huge theme of the show. Yeah, which which Hannah says pretty bluntly. Now that Hannah is a drunk, uh, she's really speaking her mind. And she's saying a lot of, like, really on-point things. Sure. Unfortunately, it has to be via alcohol. Right. <laughs> right. But she does say, like, like when when Caleb's like, why aren't you going to Ella's engagement party? And Hannah's basically like, well, one in three, one in three marriages ends in divorce. So right. why would I? Right. Well, that's like <laughs> that's kind of like a classic like Hannah one liner. <laughs> yeah. You know. I read the statistic. That's yeah. That was like a very funny. In a Swedish crime novel. This was like a darker episode, but there were still, you know, you can count on like three really good funny lines in every Pretty Little Liars episode. Mm-hmm. And I think one of them was Spencer telling Allison that she was crazy. Yeah. One was that Hannah line. And I think there was something else in there. But um, I think it was a visual 
uh, joke when we saw, and this is something we haven't even touched on, when we saw Sydney and Jenna dressed exactly the same and no one said anything. Yeah, no, no one was like, oh, well. That's fucking weird what you're right. doing. Well, so, in the, in, the, in the spirit of the show just handing out freebies this episode. Yeah. So Spencer got kicked in the head by a horse yep. last week. Mm-hmm. And this week she's goes, going to see the eye doctor to make sure she's not, like, bleeding out of her eye. Because when you get kicked in the head with a horse, you take some eye drops and you're fine. Right. Well, she's getting her eyes dilated, you know, like you do, so you can take your eye test. And she sees two Jennas, except one of them, <laughs> one of them is not Jenna. Sydney. It's Sydney. Yeah. Because they're there at the same time. Mm-hmm. And Spencer is super smart and calls Emily and says, you need to get over here with your eyes that are not dilated and come look at this shit for <laughs> me. Uh, and Emily runs into Sydney and Jenna, and it's a big confrontation, and Jenna or Sydney's just like, <sighs> yeah, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. I'm going to let Jenna do the talking. <laughs> so that was great. That yeah. was like this, you know, because we knew about her and we saw it. That was something where they could have played this out for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. you know, and just had Emily be like, I don't know what's going on with this person. I don't know what to trust. And here's this blown wide open, like, yep, here's this thing. Yeah, and then later in the episode, Sydney finds Emily as Emily's about to go to the engagement party and confronts her and has this whole sob story about how she was volunteering at the, whatever, Visual Enhancement Center or something. Sure. And uh, and Jenna was dealing with all like with all of these things, and so Sydney helped her. And then recently, with Allison returning, Jenna contacted Sydney again in order to seek the same kind of solace that they had. She just wanted to feel safe. Yeah. And and so Sydney seems seems relatively uh, sincere, and Emily is like, "Fuck no, I'm <laughs> taking this." ludicrous coaching job right and uh i'm gonna be watching you and also like kind of threatens like drowning to yeah there was some straight up like murdery threats <laughs> yeah there was like you're gonna be underwater and you're gonna have that twinge where you're not sure if you're gonna come up for air or not and i'm just gonna be there watching you yeah like this is some grown-up like suspense thriller like mm. psychopath stuff happening oh yeah and i love it i know it's great and then i love how to the then emily just like turns around okay also emily is like looking like fucking beyonce and like some uh <laughs> straight up pantsuit get up looking Sweet. He's looking good. And then she turns around, gets in the car, like, slams the door, revs up the car, and then just, like, glances at Sydney with the most, like, fuck you, I don't give a shit about you look, and then drives away, and Sydney just looks terrified. But I was thinking the whole time that, like, this, do you think that this was, like, kind of a planned thing, where Jenna was like, okay, so we ran, we had this hiccup, we ran into Emily and Spencer, we we need to smooth this over, yeah. I don't know, because she was really sloppy in her information gathering before, mm. so I feel like she would have maybe been sloppy in this instance, because she's new to this whole secret agent stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good question. Conspicuously I, Mona-free episode. Yes, true. Mm-hmm. And I think that lends credence to maybe Sydney being authentic in her apology because we don't have mona there behind the scenes coaching her right so i don't know i i think it could go either way i give it 60 40 sydney being like sydney being owning up to what's gone on and being conflicted yeah because i think you know i think that everything is just falling apart now Mm 
Mm-hmm. I think no one has control of the situation. I think Mona is doing whatever it is she's doing, but obviously she hasn't been able to rope in every single person, yeah. uh, you know, as we've seen with Paige. Like, people's loyalties are conflicted. Everything is in disarray. Everyone's growing up. You know, maybe they have better things to do right. than this. It's been a long time. So I think the show's doing a good job of showing everyone's loyalties and feelings kind of just, like, getting to this intense, confused point which, you know, maybe is a metaphor also for just being a hormonal teenager and not really knowing what to feel or who to trust or what's going on with your life. Yeah, and you know, I think that does come to a head in uh, Spencer's confrontation with Noel. Right. Um, at, well, so let's backtrack. Yeah. Emily breaks into Noel's car, right. which is awesome and crazy, and steals his, like, goodie bag. Well, but that's... But we should also backtrack to the fact that Emily has accepted this job. Apparently, she can work for the school while she's still going to the school. Not weird. Yeah. Totally normal. Yeah. And so she's now an assistant coach, even though she's still a student. And uh, she's sitting in the uh, coach's office, which... (laughs) I don't know. What, what do you make of the of the coach character? He's just sort of like, I'm so busy. Like, whatever. Like, you seem like an impressive young girl. I'm going to give you this job. Okay, bye. Right. Get out of my office. See you later. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, I, I don't, this is a... He's, he doesn't seem creepy, which no, is a new thing. It's a first. Show. I think this is a situation where it doesn't demand too much inspection. And the show is just like, look, just go with it, please. <laughs> and we're just going to be like, okay, fine. Yeah. It's fine. And we're not going to worry about the logistics too much. Um, but then Emily sees a, uh, a basically a roster for every student's locker. And so she um, develops a situation in which she can then turn around, go back straight back into the coach's office, find uh, Noel Khan's locker combination, Go into his locker, steal his car keys, right. and then then go to his car and search through his car, right. and then finds this envelope. Well, and she, you know what? I we've been talking about how the the girls seem to have not learned anything mm. over the course of five seasons <laughs> of the show, and finally we see em- Emily. She leaves her cell phone in the office so mm. she can walk back in and be like. You know, we see we don't see it. It's off camera, but presumably she says, "Oh, I left my phone in there." Yeah. And she walks back in, and the guy's like, "Yolo, he's yeah. moving all this day." And uh, that's a neat little trick that she did. Yeah. Even though it's it actually it made me laugh that she just walked right back. In the <laughs> it's like I'm just gonna go back in there. He's like, whatever. I got, I got other coach things to do. Um, but so he finds she finds this treasure trove of. This recorder, we don't get to hear the whole message. We don't get to hear it at all. Mm. Uh, but photos of Allison during her, like, dead period of two years. Yeah. Which Noel later calls insurance. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't trust Allie either. Right. Which is smart. Exactly. So this is... Spencer goes to... I was unclear on this. Spencer goes to Noel's own lake house. Yeah. To hide the stuff in Noel's house. Because she's afraid that Noel is going to discover that it's gone, and the first person that he's going to go to is Spencer, and then start ruffling through all Spencer's stuff. But if she hides it in another location, how will that prevent him from still going through her stuff? I guess maybe, yeah, who knows. I mean, he won't find it, Right. but it's also, it just seemed like a really stupid idea. Yeah. 
And obviously it was because... Well, it's a way to force a confrontation between the two. Right. So she's there, and Noel Kahn is hiding under a sheet like a ghost, and we see a single eye <laughs> coming through the sheet. For like how, a, how like a Porky's movie or something. <laughs> why, was he, why was he sitting there right. the whole time? How did he know? Yeah. He's just like, well, I, I have a feeling this is going to happen, so I'm just going to sit here. It'd be, it, it'd be awesome if he was sitting there for, like, hours. Right. Just in the dark. Just no time in the dark. Right. Just meditating. Just on his, or just on his phone. <laughs> just on his, just checking, checking Twitter. Playing Angry Bird Star Wars. Yeah. Talking to Mona. <laughs> I miss you, babe. But so they have this crazy confrontation, and Spencer picks up, you know, a, um, a fire stoker pole thing, yeah. and Noel's like, I need the pictures, I need that stuff, it's insurance for if Allie turns on me, and Spencer's like, I'm not going to give it to you. I'm going to stab you. Yeah. And she stabs him in the hand. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Well, that is both, the, like, what is so crazy about this situation is that they are both, like, losing their fucking minds in, in front of each other. Right. They're just, like, at the... Screaming at each other. Yeah. And Noel's like, like, I need this. Like, Wah! And the Spencer's like, I'm well, going gonna, gonna to fucking stab you. Yeah. yeah. She's like, but I think they have this really interesting moment of connection because... We learn that Noel stole that stuff out of Jenna's house, so it was <gasps> yeah, it was Jenna's uh, observations. So presumably, also Mona's. And then minutes right? later, the they... house exploded. Right. So the thought is like, did Allison blow up the house? Yeah, that seems very reasonable. It does, and the way that Allison has been acting. Yeah. Again, maybe this show is pointing us in a direction that is not true, uh-huh. but it seems perfectly reasonable that Allison is in on something dastardly. Sure. Yeah, so, exactly. So, people are just acting desperately, and you're right, they have a moment, moment of connection wherein they both are basically like, yeah, we're this person that we trusted or... Are working with uh-huh. we it turns out we actually don't trust them right and like spencer like finally coming to the realization that like i don't trust Allie at right. all right well and there's another there are so many good this was such a good episode in terms of just like moving plot along mm-hmm. because there's a scene between jenna and allison finally yeah and allison's like says this this thing that I, we had thought you know mm-hmm. or i had thought of Shauna was my friend first. What happened? How did you turn her against me? Yeah. And Jenna's like, I didn't do that. You did that. Yeah. You know, so it's sort of still left up in the air. I mean, you know, with her like kidnapping or her disappearance or whatever the hell happened in the middle of the middle of season four. Yeah. But at least it was addressed that this was someone who at some point was genuinely friends with Allison and was not an A character from day one. Right. So I thought that was a nice thing for the show to sort of confirm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that was a good moment. There was a lot of really great uh, mini dialogue confrontations in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, as we said before uh, between Caleb and Spencer, that was a, that was a really great moment, and that and that had to happen. Where and, and a smart moment. Yeah. Just like done done in a really like good way without it being heavy handed. Mm-hmm. And basically, Caleb just confirmed what we already were assuming, which is that he is not 
dealing well at all with the the whole being a ghost thing. Right. You know. Or, you know, having having not a ghost. He's not a ghost. Having fallen probably. in love with a ghost. Yeah, he's right. probably not a ghost. At, at some point, you know, during the off-season, during the, the summer-fall off-season, we should probably catch up on Ravenswood. Yeah, we might have to And maybe we could just watch, like, six recaps. of them and do a podcast on what the hell happened in Ravenswood in the last... You know, in the second half of the season, <laughs> which I did not watch. Yeah, so we I do, assume some craziness goes We down. do need to take account of Caleb's psychological decline. Right. And driving him to the drink. Right. Um, yeah, we... I, I think we've covered all the all the plot uh, yeah. in this episode. There's an A message, finally. Uh, Spencer is at, the, is at the eye doctor mm-hmm. and is looking at the board, the vision test, and she says, what does she see? It says, uh, spells out, can you see me? Or you, you can, now you can see me. You can, can you see, see me, me now? now? Yeah. So I thought, can you see me now? A. A, yeah. yeah. So that was a neat, that was a neat trick. And then the end of the episode, the A tag is, um, A in the hoodie talking to the nurse mm-hmm. who says, do you want to take your, we can turn down the AC if you're really cold because you're wearing a hoodie. That's a little <laughs> weird. Yeah, and some gloves. And yeah, and then A puts A doesn't say anything. I thought we were gonna get a voice. I thought we were gonna get a reveal. And A puts on headphones and is listening to, um, oh, well, we need to talk about the guy who shows up and the cops thing at the end. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Totally forgot so many things. <laughs> episode. But A is listening to what sounds like a recording of Allison's testimony. Right. Yeah. So let's scroll back five five minutes here now. Allison gets called into the cops because this random uh, cute bro. He's quite attractive, yeah. Yeah, he's shown up and he's telling the story that Allie told and saying, I hit I'm her. I'm the, the one head who did this, yeah. And I abducted her and I kept her in a basement blindfold. Yeah. And Allie's just like looking at this like what's going on? Yeah. How on earth do I deal with this? So, one one explanation that you provided was uh, was that the police are in on this. Now, at first I was, we were like, well, that's entrapment, that's illegal, this right. would not stand up. But, if we go back to the fact that, like, that there's a conspiracy that runs incredibly deep. And some of the cops are corrupt. Or that a, a large majority of them are. Sure. You know, that, that this whole city is essentially corrupt and in on some grand conspiracy, then this makes a lot more sense. Then you can get away with basically setting up Alley right. in that way. But the, you know, and I hate to look at the next, as, at the teaser for the next thing as evidence for this episode, but I, we did, I did watch the teaser for next, next week for episode 10. And the implication is that this is an A decoy. Mm. So, and I think the end of the episode, the A shot, leads us to believe that A has Allison's testimony and is giving us, is giving her this, this guy to corroborate the story and be the decoy and be this new A team player. Right. Well, then you have to. You also have to go so far as to say, like, what what does A have on this guy that would cause someone to basically sacrifice their life for right. this situation in right. order to set up Allie? Well, it's kind of well, you know, we've seen Mona go in and make a false confession, mm-hmm. and nothing happens. Yeah, she's not held to anything. 
So this guy can go in and say whatever he wants, and it's going to be disproven. Right. I mean, the whole thing is, A, trying to catch Allie in this trap of her fake story, so she can jail her or do whatever it is that A is trying to do to Allie. Mm-hmm. Um, so the person at the end, in the A hoodie, could it be Mona? I think it's probably Mona. Yeah. It seems, like, it seems like it would fit into her overall scheming. Yeah. It could be it could be Melissa, but I, you know, I think it's Mona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess one one ultimate question would be, how do you think that Ellie is going to react to this situation? Right. Um, I mean, she it's in her best interest to play along. Right, because that's the story she's told, and right. so if she disputes any of this, you know, she's she's really, she is really being trapped. Mm-hmm. And then the next question would be, uh, I think we've we haven't known her name for so long, but Tanner, uh, Lieutenant Tanner. I think so. Yeah, the woman who is just always just asking really broad questions. Right. Do you think that she's on the level? Yes. And her, but it's, that's what's so weird about her interrogating this guy mm. in public view of Allison. Yeah. That seemed really strange that she would lead him through this story knowing that Allison is there watching. That's what made me think, like, this is a scam. Instead of just taking, putting him in a lineup and just being like, is that, you know, yeah. who is the person that kidnapped you? Right. She wouldn't be sitting in on testimony. That's a crazy thing. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Especially, so yeah, yeah I, I I felt like she was on the level and trying to solve the case, but if it's in A's interest to prove Allie's story wrong, mm-hmm. and it's clearly in this detective's interest, yeah, uh, maybe there is a connection. We also haven't yeah. seen the bro detective who seemed to be helpful and good mm-hmm. since you know most of the season. Yeah, pretty much was even in. He's he's been off doing whatever. He was investigating when Allie was in, was in New York. Oh yeah. But he just pieced out like so many characters, and they become inconvenient to the plot. Speaking of peace out, where is Fitz? Did they explain where he went? Because Arya texted him and was like, "Don't come back. Shit's going down." Oh, uh, I don't know. He's just visiting family, just or something. hanging out, fighting his brother, doing doing whatever chilling he does, with, chilling with his his brother, yelling at Alex Mack on the phone, Dave Franco. Who's this brother? For some reason, I think of Dave Franco. Oh, yeah. Dave Franco-ish. No. Young fella. Just some dude. <laughs> Just some bro. Uh, oh, and then also, this also is uh, odd, is the police calls Mrs. Marin, or they call Mrs. Marin. Right. And uh, for some reason, they're like, they're like, oh, yeah, we heard that you have temporary custody over Allison for some non-legal means but right. you know we just know that she's there um would you happen to know where where mr de Laurentiis is and and mrs marion is like oh he's just out of town he's coming back tomorrow um but i can take care of all this and no one's like we need to get hold of mr de Laurentiis fucking right. immediately right the like legal guardian yeah yeah because you're dealing with a minor who can't speak without yeah there's you know i mean <laughs> to some extent the show just wants you to just just deal with the circumstances at hand. Right. But yeah, I mean, certainly there's things happening which are not necessarily police procedure, mm-hmm. and 
how deeply we want to read into that in terms of the police corruption, I, you know, I think is up to us. But I think some of it is just making the plot move a little bit quicker. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, but like I said last week, I just it's so hard to accept things that are conveniently not there as anything less than signs sure. of something sketchy going on. Sure. Yeah. And you know, uh, I think I think we can pretty much wrap this up for the week. Yeah. But I also did like when we see um, Sydney and Jenna in the same outfit. It just goes back to the really super weird twin motif yeah. that's gone through the whole show. Uh-huh. Uh, and in this case, it's almost like Jenna is trying to mold Sydney into her own alley, except Jenna can't see, so why would she care what... So it's, it's maybe it's coming from Sydney that she wants to be like Jenna. That, that's very possible. That was what I was thinking, was like, this is all Sydney... Yeah, I mean, she's wearing the same... Even in a previous episode, she's wearing the same glasses. She's trying to look like her, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of weirdness going on. And I think, you know, it also makes her her apology and her confrontation with Emily less sincere because we know she's been hanging out with Mona. Mm -hmm. Like, she's in on this whole situation. Yeah, you know, that actually brings up something. um, You know, there is uh, the whole idea of emulation this show is very stark and i'm not sure if it's uh it's more indicative of something that um i feel like we're showing our hand as as grown men in this case but uh (laughs) is that i feel like that's something that's probably uh common amongst teenage girls is the idea that you know you you see something that you like or you see a girl that you that you you want to emulate, and so you start, and so the most obvious thing that you can do is dress like that person. Sure. Um, you have Hannah dressing like Allison. You have um, you have this weird thing uh, this season where the girls seem to be like dressing like each other and switching stylistic identities. Yeah. And now you have something as overt as Sydney dressing exactly like uh, like Jenna. Right. You know, I. I and also, you know the A-team all wearing the same identical hoodies mm-hmm. and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know. There's just a lot of, like, the question of the self versus the team versus submerging yourself mm-hmm. into this other person or this other identity. Right. And, and, and it does sort of mix up this idea of, um, of overall justice versus... Uh, the idea of like a personal vendetta mm-hmm. where you, if you go back to, to Mona, she would claim it's like, I'm doing this for the sake of all the people that Allie has ever hurt. But it's hard to believe when you're just like, no, actually I think that you're fucking crazy and you're just taking this incredibly personally right. and you've foregone the line of justice, you know, and you're just, yeah, you've gone well past it. Yeah, exactly. But I think that that's, it's like one of the, it's like a very, uh, a very interesting take on a group mentality. Whereas, where's the line when, especially in high school with cliques, where is the line between doing something for the good of the group and doing something based on a very insecure, personal vendetta? Right. You know, and is there any difference? Like, or all, or is, is the whole geek squad 
essentially just a, a culmination of insecurities uh, using group and community as strength, uh-huh. or are they actually like working for justice against someone who is terrible like Allison? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a very interesting dynamic. It, it is. I agree. And I think we'll see more of it. I think, um, I mean, the show is going to just keep presenting presenting these images. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is a lot of twin theorizing out there about Allison. And, you know, the show has sort of demonstrated some of that with the, with the various dolls and the yeah. story Allison tells and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if some of this stuff is to just kind of freak out the audience a little bit and be like, look, twins! Yeah. Remember the twins? <laughs> you know? So I wonder if there is an element of, like, not trolling, but but teasing mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but yeah, I you know, I, it's interesting to think about how these characters want to impress each other and be like each other and the line between wanting to replace the other person versus being a, a friend or a sister mm-hmm. character yeah. to that person. I guess we we could briefly mention that Arya and Hannah make up. Yes, they do, which was nice to see. It was. Arya believes Emily, mm-hmm. or believes Hannah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, finally, yeah. and tells her mom, mm-hmm. and then they have a nice, you know, yeah, get out. Ella breaks off the. I'm sure that we're never going to see Zach again. Probably not. Um, so Caleb got a good punch in. Kill gets to take out some of his aggression, which is well-deserved. I mean, it's good to, you know, he probably needed that. Um, I wonder if Arya is still uh, volunteering at Radley. Where is Eddie Lamb? Yeah, you know, inconvenient <laughs> to the plot. We've moved on. I think, she, I think she's done. I think her Radley days are over. But she also had to deal with, you know, the, the show operates in such a short time span. Each episode... Mm-hmm. You know, it picks up right where the last one left off. They're in the bedroom with Allie, you know, confronting her. Yeah. And that pretty much zips to the next day. Yeah. So each episode really is only covering a day, tops, day mm-hmm. and a half sometimes. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think they're, the show can be excused from not touching on Radley this week. And maybe we'll see it again next week after five more hours of showtime have passed. Yeah. You know what I what I do find inexcusable is that uh, Arya's mom calls Arya her fashion guru. Uh huh. It's like, yes. Did you it's... forget everything that your daughter has been wearing for the past four years? <laughs> yes, it's or true. Two years, you know. It's true. I, you know, I think she's just trying to be sweet to her teenage daughter who is not so good at dressing herself. <laughs> no, um, no, she's she's coming around. And it's 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 true. Uh, so with that, this has been Pretty Little Grown Men. Uh, thank you for listening. We see our numbers, our stats going up every week, so that's exciting. Please tell your friends. Um, mm-hmm. Subscribe in iTunes if you haven't yet. Rate us in iTunes. It really helps us reach some more people. And the more people we have, um, the closer we can get to having you know, 10,000 subscribers so we can sell beauty products on this podcast and Talk about it some more. Do we want? Uh, do we want to briefly mention the beer that we drank while we watch this episode in order to acquire sponsors that are probably far beyond the uh, the uh, age <laughs> range that we are? Uh, we we drank beer from from Commons. Yeah, the Commons right here in Portland, Oregon. It's the Beer Royale. Yeah. Which is a sour beer, very tangy. It's it like, was great. 
really like a sourdough. It has that real yeasty quality to it, which I love. And, um, you know, I had it on tap a few weeks ago, and it was more uh, light and champagne-like. Mm -hmm. uh, but it had a lot more body and, and thickness in the bottle. And uh, I, I really recommend it if you can get your hands on one. Yeah, their, their distribution seems to be growing. I think that they only have a tasting room right now, but I think that'll probably grow into a brew pub. That seems to be. Yeah. And you can find them in, at the grocery store. I'm sure it's a, if you're in the Portland area, it's, it'll be at New Seasons. Yeah, it's a, it's a great alternate to the 10 barrel swill, which was recalled for, um, I don't know, Ebola reasons. <laughs> which, well, I think it was overcarbonated. Oh, really? So it wasn't going to kill you. Yeah. It was just going to. Not be give you some not, bad not be gas. very good, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, so if you're if you're a uh, microbrew in Portland that wants to sponsor our podcast about Pretty Little Liars, uh, please get in contact with us. Also, if you would like to ask us any questions about Pretty Little Liars, uh, please write to us and we'll answer them. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at David E. Greenwald. And I'm at Cinecolad, which you can try to spell that yourself. <laughs> and, of course, you can... Um, Find more about us on, on rockblog.net, which is the, the host of these podcasts and my music blog. Uh, and until next week, uh, be safe out there. We need a tagline. We need like a, a concluding remark, like Stanley says, Excelsior! <laughs> we need something to say so it's not like this like awkward goodbye at the end of our podcast. Um, I, it could be like uh, uh, something like... Uh, you'll, Smoochie you'll, boochies. <laughs> No. You'll miss us, bitches. Yeah. We a, need to find a good A, a. <laughs> a sentence. Um, just be, it should just be us in silence doing something in hoodies. Right, right. A silent, a silent two-minute outro <laughs> at the end of this podcast. Okay, so you're just going to have to imagine us sharpening a knife and, like, moving things on a desk and, like, you know, Re posing. Refusing conversations with people who are perplexed that we're wearing gloves. And perhaps and having... Pretty eyes as yeah. well. Throw, throwback. Noel Kahn's sexy blue eyes. Yeah, his, his single eye from under his ghost garment. <laughs> okay, we're really done now. Okay. See you next week. Goodbye.